Architect Exam Prep Programming and Analysis, Module 4, Section 4.5, Project Budgeting and Scheduling. Welcome to our next section here as we work our way through Module 4, Section 4.5, Project Budgeting and Scheduling. My name is David Doucette. Let's jump right in. Beginning here with cost estimating, how the cost estimate of the building is prepared varies based on the project phase. Remember that we as the architect are not providing a detailed cost estimate. That would be an additional service. We are providing an estimate based on our experience. In the early programming phase, price would be as preliminary as the design itself. In reality, there is no firm design generated yet to determine a cost of the work. So we as the architect have to rely on inaccurate metrics to get a rough idea what the owner can afford. To do this during the programming, we as the architect can use a unit cost system such as a fixed cost price per square foot or use similar building types as comparisons. Now let's move into owner budget and cost estimate. Design is a careful balancing act between quantity and quality, so it is important to set the budget early in the design process, which the owner is responsible for providing to the architect. The client needs to understand that changing one will change the other. In other words, increasing the size of the project will affect either the quality or the budget or both. Now, we as the architect, we are not responsible for determining the final construction cost, and we can only serve as an advisor with our professional opinion. Since we don't build the building, because that's what the contractor does, the contractor is the one who physically builds the building, we as the architect, our estimates for the cost of the work are just budgetary projections. One of the reasons is because we do not control market conditions. We do not control inflation and the cost of goods and services. We don't control contractor means methods of construction, and we don't control unknown site conditions. Now, we talk about this estimates uh, for the cost of the work, and in your study guide, you will see cost of the work, uh, the C and the W are capitalized because it is how it is referred to in the uh, contract documents, specifically the B101 here. And it's important to understand that e at each of the design phases, we are responsible for providing the owner with an estimate of the cost of the work. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that uh, again here in module four, but know that that is part of our basic scope of services. And don't confuse it with a detailed cost estimate. That would be an additional service. This is just an estimate of the cost of the work. So there are many scenarios that could affect construction costs that are outside of our control. For example, global demand for concrete suddenly causes a surge in the cost of Portland cement. Or during demolition, the contractor discovers that the ground is contaminated and requires remediation. Or maybe the actual soil conditions are worse than expected and require additional grading, deeper foundations, or additional structure. Because of these types of unknown costs, additional amounts called contingencies are often added to the budget to account for these unforeseen conditions. 
Now, unit costs are often used by architects to generally estimate the cost. So this is how we as the architect will estimate our cost or estimate the cost uh, for the owner. We can use cost per square foot. We can use cost per unit, such as the cost per a hospital bed or a hotel room, a desk or a movie theater seat. We can also use comparable buildings that are similar in function or located in the same region. And we can also use historical data from similar projects that we have previously done. So all of those are considered unit costs. Those are all ways that we can uh, uh, come up with the estimate of the cost of the work. Let's take a look at building a new school as an example. A local school district wishes to build a new school. By taking the actual cost for several recently completed schools in the area, we can determine that a similar building could be built for about $140 to $180 per square foot. In the programming phase, we determine that we need 100,000 square feet of space. Therefore, we can take that desired need for 100,000 square feet of space and we can multiply it by $140 to $180 per square foot. That will give us a $14 to $18 million in estimated cost for this project. That gives us our budget. The cost of construction for a project is based on several factors. First is scope, the size, extent, and design of the building itself. The second is quality, the level of finish, technology, and detail desired. The third is a schedule, the timeline for completing the project, faster schedules, cost more. And fourth, experience, the comfort and ability of the contractor to work with the systems and materials selected. Decisions made in the programming phase can greatly determine the first two, scope and quality, and help establish the preliminary construction cost. Controlling the size of the project, the complexity of the program, and the level of finishes should all be done during programming to ensure the project stays within the desired budget. Now, how the cost estimate of the building is prepared varies based on which project phase we are in. In the programming phase, preliminary construction costs are typically based on a unit cost system or the cost per square foot method, if we know about the square footage of the building. Comparable building types are used as guides to set a cost per square foot number. Now, architects can estimate a rough idea of the construction cost based on these factors, but we, of course, cannot account for things like changing market conditions, prevailing wages, inflation, or the means and methods used by the contractor. For a detailed cost estimate, the owner can hire a contractor or a cost estimating consultant to obtain a detailed cost estimate, and of course, assuming that enough information has been gathered for the project at that point. Our decisions, we as the architect, our design decisions are affected by several factors. One is cost. Another one is function. Form, aesthetics, and quality. Time and constructability. And sustainability. So cost considerations include the initial cost, the durability and maintenance cost, and the life cycle cost. Materials that have higher quality or durability may have a higher initial cost, but a lower cost to maintain or replace in the future. If any of you are directly working with clients now, you will sometimes bang your head against the wall trying to convince 
clients that a particular material is a better option uh, over the long term, but they're not crazy that it is a higher price initially. It's something that uh, you will continue, uh, as I do here, uh, you continue to uh, um, discuss with clients and, and bang our heads against the wall after uh, the meeting is over. Uh, so we as the architect can control project costs through a number of methods, including adjusting the project size, the finished quality, detail complexity, program requirements, or number of trades used, the carpenters, welders, masons. We as the architect, we work with the owner to establish the program to set expectations and help control the cost. Remember, programming is an additional service and not part of the scope of basic services. Now let's take a look at some cost estimating methods. Now first off here is the cost uh, estimating methods we're going to talk about uh, typically are not going to include the following new utility services to the building from the street site improvements and landscaping unusual foundation situations unconventional requests typically not found under the building type and furnishings and equipment not furnished or handled according to the contract so those are typically going to be outside of the cost estimating uh, methods we're talking about here so the first one is the uh, unit method or the accommodation units method the units of accommodation assist designs where there are multiple iterations of the same function or space such as apartments hospital beds parking spaces uh, dormitories and movie theaters so for example we could take the cost of a hospital bed and multiply that by a multiplier or a movie theater seat and multiply that by a multiplier that's the unit cost the next one is the area and volume method preliminary estimates which reveal the floor area or volume of an initial design allow better understanding of the cost and scale of the project where spaces are not habitable or not conventionally enclosed, these areas and volume costs may deviate from the rest of the structure. Examples of variant spaces could include interstitial spaces, mechanical spaces, uh, basements, covered walkways, balconies, and garages. The next one is the functional area method. So each functional space categorized by type gets priced separately. Now this can be difficult to do because there may not uh, be as good as data as we need to base that on. The next one is the historical price data and we're simply utilizing costs from previous projects of similar size and scope. Next one is square footage. This can be calculated by using the floor area of the project and multiplying that area by an average cost per square foot for a specific project type in a given area. Now, square, footed, square footage methods can be useful in the early stages of design, but costs can vary greatly based on the geographic location. So if we're using this method, we wanna make sure it's the method or the numbers are consistent with the area that we are working in. The assemblies and subsystems method. So assembly components costs are added together. The more information known, the more accurate it can be. Uh, initially costs are broken down per lineal foot. As the design continues to be refined, a wall can be broken down into components such as the cost of the door, frames, finish, and square footage of partitions. 
The final cost, however, must take into account the configuration of the assembly. Uh, taking only area, volume, or quantity data would not be an accurate representation without tabulating ease of construction, uh, where time equals money. Quantity survey method. This detailed method of measuring typically benefits contractors' understanding of construction cost. It is not typically used by us, the architect. This method takes elements of fixtures separately, measuring lengths of pieces, even trims and fittings. Knowledge of construction means and methods aids the calculation of waste, labor, length of time for installation, types of equipment needed for trades, as well as allowances for contractors' overhead and profit. It yields a far more accurate picture of what the construction cost would be upon completion. Now let's move into cost management. Paving the way to effective cost management solutions should occur at the beginning of the project. Each decision lays down a stepping stone for following choices to rest on. Scope, quality, function, scheduling, and construction delivery are foundational. If they are modified later on, it may have unsettling and costly effects on the project. At the programming and planning stages, clients must consider benefits of starting new, expanding, renovating, leasing, or remaining content with the current circumstances. After evaluating, they must see if the facility budget is sufficient to cover the life cycle cost of their ideal solution. Pre-design and schematic design can be used to compare alternate designs and their consequent life cycle costs. Now, some ways to stretch the construction budget, and those of you who are working with clients or more in the project management realm know that dealing with the budget, uh, staying on budget or trying to stay on budget, is uh, it's a huge concern in these projects. It's a huge concern in the real world. So a couple of ways we can do that here is focus on the function. Rather than getting carried away by the potential of a single item, such as a building system or finish, it is wise to view these components as pieces of the whole building's function. Also, value analysis. It is always wise to keep an eye on the quality versus cost through the decision-making process. Where the additional quality comes with a large price tag, decide with care. It is best for decision makers and advisors to focus on the life of the whole structure rather than the initial expense. Better decisions can yield financial benefits over the lifetime of any element. This in turn can optimize costs and revenue. And then lastly, think creatively. Sometimes the difficulties encountered in the design and building process are actually portholes to creative solutions. They're opportunities which could far surpass the original scheme. Henry Ford once said, when everything seems to be going against you, remember that the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. Still under cost management here, now let's look at evaluating value. So we have the initial cost. As a building is developed, initial costs typically include funding the land and consequent reallocation costs, construction and related fees. Future costs. These costs may be periodic or one-time costs of equipment, systems, or building elements. This can include replacement, maintenance, modifications, or renovation. And then there's operational costs. These costs serve the function of the building, including security, materials, and staff. 
costs due to construction include temporary space and loss of use. Now let's move into talking about some design factors here uh, that affect the cost. So there are a number of design factors that can influence the potential cost of a project. The first one is the location factors. So that is things such as geographical. That's the location, topography, size, and configuration. Geological, the condition of the site and what the soil makeup is. Guidelines and regulations, including safety, land, and air zoning and building codes. Contextual and environmental influences, including views, drainage, and vegetation. And then climate, wind, rain, snow, temperature, humidity. So those are location factors. Now let's look at construction factors. Competitive lump sum contracts, so we can use those or the owner can use those for the best pricing. Negotiated lump sums, smaller projects are typically used for this. Or the cost plus, where it is complex construction or time is a factor. Next is time factors. So accelerated schedules that lead to accelerating costs could lead to additional shifts in overtime. Winter weather can lead to increased costs because of precautions needed for protection of material, chemical accelerators and concrete to uh, speed up the curing, also renting heaters, and then making it to the finish line. So clients requesting completion before financial goals and deadlines are reached to maximize the profit or prevent further loss of it. So those are time factors. Now, client factors. Long-term, striving for maintainability in most public buildings. Short-term value, driving developers to build with as little capital with hopes of high returns. Profit, immediate results are incentives for private industry due to shareholder priorities. Zero-based design, baseline functions are assessed and broken down into cost versus their benefit. If secondary functions are not justified, they could be reevaluated. And then cost and benefit, graphs that compare the cost-benefit alternatives between functions. If additional cost is justified, it will allow certain functions to be added, and if not, it is dropped out through this process of incremental improvements. And then quality factors, quality versus cost. They are usually proportionately related. And then priorities, pay for quality over time or savings now. And finally, some questions that can be asked uh, to uncover potential savings. What are the qualities of each alternative choice? What are the advantages to each choice? And we can weigh the advantages and decide which has priority. Where costs are equal, the greater advantage wins. Where costs are not equal, we weight the cost versus the priorities. And that, my friends, is going to wrap up another section here in Module 4. My name is David Doucette. I'll see you inside Section 4.6.